How many of you know that song that I was just playing, Flow Through Me, Lord? Flow through me to a world that's lost and dying. May I thy channel be. I want to be his channel this morning. Before I get into the message, I want to, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to talk just a little bit before I get into the word, if you can bear with me. And I want to tell you a couple of things. One of them is exactly what Don just uh, told you about Gene and how much he was so moved and appreciative of the gratitude that he had for the gift of love that we gave. And I just want you to know how much it meant to me personally, and I know it would, Jim, if he were here, to know that we cared to listen and give, and the Lord blessed. So thank you. And I also want to just recall the story that I told you last week about my friend's mother, Leanne. I had a, an opportunity to go visit Carol on Monday. She didn't know that I was there. She didn't know that Leanne was there. She didn't know anything. But she knew the presence of the Lord was there. Because I got up close to her and I prayed with her. She moved her mouth as though she were praying with me. And I asked her the question again, Carol, do you love Jesus? And she shook her head yes. I said, have you asked him for forgiveness for your sins? And she shook her head yes. I wish I could describe to you how enormous this was in the condition that she was in. And I sang Amazing Grace to her. Leanne told me later, she said, I know you told me to do all these things, but I just couldn't do it. Well, I did, and I sang Amazing Grace to her, and as sure as I'm standing before you here today, the tears poured out of her eyes. I just prayed and loved on her for a little while. And once again, I told Leanne, God is a spirit, and he speaks to our spirit. No matter what condition we see, in the body. Oh, I'm so thankful. And last night, the call was made to hospice to come and pronounce her time of death. And I've been waiting this morning to hear what time that was. So I, I'm assuming by now she's resting well in the arms of the Lord Jesus, her Lord Jesus. Oh, I'm so thankful. And finally, I heard from Brother Skip Kincaid yesterday He's so cute. <laughs> he asked me to give you his love and tell you that he's been praying for you. He heard from someone from this church from years and years and years ago. I was just a little girl when these people uh, came to the church and began attending here. Brother Tony Salas called Brother Skip. They're about a year apart in age. Tony's about 88 and Brother Skip is about 87. And they just reminisced for an hour and a half on the phone. So uh, he just wanted you to know that he loves you. And he said, I want to come back to Campbell once more before I go home to be with the Lord. And I told him over and over and over, you just name the time and you can, you can be here. So he's, he said, of course, you know, I can't travel alone anymore. 
So I have to coordinate with Darren and, uh, you know, make that all work, but that's in his heart. I just wanted to convey that to you. And I'm not done yet, so if you can bear with me for a few minutes. This is going to be a bit of a different message, a bit of a difficult message. And I don't know if it's going to make sense to anybody here. <laughs> I don't even know what name to call it. it. It doesn't have a name on my file. It's just got a date on it. As you've surely recognized by now, many times the messages that I bring are a result of something that the Lord is dealing with me personally about. And it shows up in the message topic or as an example or maybe even a song. And I don't know for sure, but I doubt that this is the way most pastors get their messages by the Lord shining a searchlight in their heart and doing work in their life. And I don't know about how other people get messages but it's been the case for me a fair number of times, and I clearly recognize that it would be in your best interest to have somebody to listen to that the Lord isn't doing all of this work <laughs> inside, and believe me, I'm trying and I'm listening, but this is what I get. This is how, this is how I'm led by him, so I do wanna be obedient. Often after I've received an inspiration from the Holy Spirit, a few days may go by before any actual words come to that would form the body of a message that you might hear. Well, this Friday morning, I knew immediately that once again, the Lord is both challenging and teaching me something in the process. And I want you to know this is really hard because it requires a level of transparency before you and because of this camera, before the world, basically. And an openness and a vulnerability that isn't comfortable or natural to me. But the book of Hebrews says this, the word of God is quick. And it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces even to divide the soul and the spirit from each other and to divide the joints from the marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart so like a skilled surgeon would take his scalpel to remove a foreign body out of the body is how the word of God works in our lives when we consume it. But there's also times that the Lord gives me something that I don't know very much about in the word and I'll say, Lord, I'm panicking. I don't know how I can talk about this because I don't know anything about it or very little. But the same scripture Jesus said in John that the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things. 
and bring to your remembrance all those things I have told you. So all that being said, just know that I'm conflicted. <laughs> so here goes this no name, I don't even know what subject to call it, message. And I hope it makes sense. Because it's most definitely from my heart. A personal struggle of mine, and you've heard me say this before, is reconciling faith. Using the name of Jesus in prayer. Praying prayers in faith. Believing according to the will of God. And yet not seeing a result that I would want to see or expected to see, or maybe not even seen any result at all. I'm certain that the fault lies within me. My faith is too weak. I must not be a true believer. I must have unconfessed sin in my life. And I can take you to scripture that would prove incorrect each one of those statements. But yet those are thoughts that come to my mind. Or isn't it something else completely and I've missed the whole point? And by the way, I'm gonna skip around in scripture a bit, so if you please bear with me with that. Jesus said in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 44, all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 5, you search the scriptures because you think you will find eternal life there, but you set your hope in the writings of Moses and you don't even realize that it's me that Moses is writing about. The scriptures speak of me, and yet you reject me and accept the words of another. A noted Princeton theologian, Benjamin Warfield, said these words, wrote these words. So we know that the Old and the New Testament speak with one voice. And that voice is Jesus. He said, it is like the Old Testament is a richly furnished but dimly lit room. And in the New Testament, absolutely nothing is added except light. In John 1, we read that Jesus was from the beginning. He ever was and is and always will be, what? The Word of God. And nothing came into being that didn't come from Him. And Jesus said of Himself, I am both life and I am light. And John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. So we know the power, we know the might, 
We know the esteem. We know the name of Jesus confers all of this in it. We know that the Father sent him from heaven. We know that we've been given access to him through salvation. In John 14, Jesus said these words, you're already clean because I've spoken the word, the word of life in you. I'm the vine and you are the branches, but the branch cannot produce fruit of itself unless it be connected to the vine. And you will bear much fruit if you abide in me. And now I'm getting closer to the meat part. <laughs> in John 16, 23, Jesus said these words. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Speaking of the day of his ascension, returning back to the Father. You won't ask me for anything, but truly, truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked for nothing in my name because I'm here with you. But when I'm gone, ask the Father, and you will receive so that your joy may be full. Mm. I feel his presence. I really do. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but an hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly of the Father. And in that day, that day of his ascension, you will ask in my name, and I will not have to request of the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from the Father. I said all that about Jesus to relate it to him and the Father's relationship. That Jesus said we have direct access from that day forward to go to the Father and use his name. Isn't that what it says? Yes, it is. And in verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you will have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage, for I have overcome the world. So you see in these scriptures that Jesus clearly gives us the authority to go directly to the Father and use his name before him. Because he returned to the Father, we now pray to the Father in his name. This is why Jesus' model prayer said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And the Father will grant us our petition 
because we are abiding in the vine so that our joy will be full. I know this is not new news. I know it isn't rocket science. And maybe you've got, you guys have got it all figured out. And I'm the only one who doesn't have it all figured out. If, if you have it all figured out, would you please make an appointment, appointment with me after church so I can uh, get in on the good stuff that I might be missing? But the foundation has been laid for very good reason. We know that we're clean because Jesus spoke the word of life of salvation eternal in our hearts when he forgave us of sin. We know because we believe that the Father sent him, because we know that he returned to the Father and that he gave us that authority to speak directly of our needs and our desires in his own name. So then why, when we pray, to the Father in the name of Jesus. Do we not always see the results for which we pray? The Father, the Word also says that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the desires of our hearts. But sometimes, like I said, those statements that I do believe are not from God, not from the Holy Spirit that says, I must have sin in my life. It must be my fault. I must be doing something wrong that causes us discouragement and disillusionment to the point that we're afraid to pray at all. You know, the disciples were so vulnerable at the time that Jesus was leaving them he knew they were scared. They were confused. They were conflicted. But I feel like we need to strive for and achieve a place of maturity in our faith in Jesus so that no matter what, we believe his word first. No matter what we see or we do not see or we hear or we do not hear, it does not change the word of God. The written word, the spoken word, the word revealed to us in dreams and visions which he said he would give. The word revealed in prophecy, words of knowledge that we hear, signs and wonders that we see. Because you see, he still speaks a lot. So I have to ask another question. Could it be a matter of endurance? 1 Peter 1, 3 through 7 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy 
has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and it will not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, <coughs> excuse me, in this, verse 6, you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. And verse 7, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So there's a purpose to our faith being tested but it isn't going to take away what's waiting for us. It isn't going to diminish or fade away because it is eternal and permanent with our name attached to it. Romans 5, 3 and 4. Sorry, but I told you I really feel this says, and not only this, speaking of justification by faith, but we also rejoice in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Job said in Job 23.10, He knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Anybody felt a test going on around you? Anybody feel a difficult time that you're going through? And you wonder, is it me? Have I lost it all? Have I just been playing church? Have I just been pretending to know the Lord? You shall come forth as gold. It's always right to pray in faith, believing that we will receive what we ask for, no matter what we see or hear, as I said. 
It's always right to go to the Father in the name of Jesus because he told us to. It's always right to put our faith in the word, the word of Jesus. In the Old Testament was the word of Jesus. In the New Testament is the word of Jesus. The spoken word and the revealed word, all of it. But if by necessity, when our faith, our mature faith, our securely grafted into the vine faith is tested, whether tested by silence, a long wait, a very hot furnace, by the appearance of things around us getting worse by the day. Just remember this. Keep your faith in Jesus' name because you have a very secure, sure thing waiting for you in heaven and it cannot be taken away. This is so hard. You can stand with me if you will. Remember, the testing is building perseverance, our character, our hope, and that the end result of all of that is that we shall come forth as pure gold. Father, we just come before you this morning feeling like that blessed word, Lord, has completely severed our soul from our spirit, like the surgeon yielding his scalpel. But we sang this morning that there's healing in this house. And we ask you, Lord, to bind up the wounds, to give hope, to let the hope become a reality, Lord. Let us see, show us, reveal the work that you're doing in us during the testing. Keep us encouraged, Lord, in the word of God. And just perhaps, Lord, you might let us see just a glimmer of that gold that will come forth after the testing. We want to be mature, fully grown branches, Lord, especially in difficult times. We know, Lord, that the power and the, the authority is in your Son, in his name, and we bear his name upon this earth, Lord. 
And I just ask you that we never, never, never allow discouragement to keep us from coming to you again and again in that precious, most powerful and mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you continue speaking to us, that you show us in ways that we never even accept or expected, Lord, what you're accomplishing in us and around us, through us, even to draw in, Lord, those loved ones who are away from you that we so desperately pray for and want to see come to salvation. Father, I do pray that this message means something to someone, maybe who feels the wounds of the sword of the Spirit having pierced their heart. And I ask, oh God, that you be with those who've lost loved ones recently, Lord. Bind up their wounds of grief, oh God, as only you can do. And Lord, I ask that you just allow your face to shine upon us, oh Lord, that the world sees you through us as we turn around now and go back into this world. Oh God, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your provision. I thank you for salvation that cannot be taken away and for that hope of glory, which is waiting secure for us. And we ask all these things in that name, in that precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen.